1: I love scotch, I love scotch, is scotch scotch, here it goes down, down into my belly.
0: Mm-mm-mm.
3: mess with me. I'm one crazy moofoo.
2: Check them out and see the options they have. SignatureHorror.com. That's right, SignatureHorror.com.
1: Are you annoyingly even, Kale? Emethamine could be right for you. I have a disease, alright? I need help. Emethamine lets you get gagged up on whoop chicken parts without yellowing one's teeth. At your doctor today if you experience the following Oh my god! Increases in blood flow, boost in testosterone, ending of erectile dysfunction. You're naughty! This medicine is made for extreme cases of being even keel or having extreme depression. Oh, come on! Side effects include fits of rage, acne, bleeding in folks around you, whooping cough, hallucinations, comas, trouble swallowing, decrease in semen, Increasing amounts of selling yourself, amnesia, night terrors, higher mortgage rates, and increased sensations in not having suicidal
2: urges. Oh, my.
3: Hello, nurses and doctors. Yacca Warner here. And the only thing we listen to in the water tower is Crazy Train Radio. Good night, everybody. The real star of Pinky and the Brain. And when Brain and I are preparing to take over the world, we listen to Crazy Train Radio Nerve.
2: Hey, folks, it's your least favorite host in a podcast world, the Croc. Jonathan Steele
0: and I'm Elena your favorite host from the Emerald Isles
2: boy do we have a good one for you today This next guest has been a voice actor for nearly three decades and having over 2000 yes, that's right over 2000 half-hour programs and dozens of films video games and other animated material, credited to his name.
1: Oh my god, who the hell cares?
2: This next guest is one of the hardest working, most in demand, and also most beloved voice actors in the industry.
0: I'm very important, Uh, I have many
1: leather bound books, and my apartment Smells of rich mahogany. I I'm friends with Merlin Olsen, too. He's comes over on occasion.
2: (laughs) And earning so far awards such as a daytime Emmy and a Peabody. But let's not forget being a three-time Annie Award winner. Which is for voice actors, mind you.
3: Winner winner chicken dinner, I don't think so. Winner winner Sheen Dinner!
2: might not be known by the name Rob Paulson, but you do know some of his animated characters. He's, he has performed as such as Yako Warner from Animaniacs, Pinky from Pinky and the Brain, Raphael from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Donatello from the 2012 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Carl Weezer from Jimmy Neutron. Let's welcome Rob Paulson. <laughs> first and foremost yeah welcome thank and you how are you with this whole
3: COVID? covid yeah covid con i am i'm living a dream baby i'm i'm a blue collar worker in the dream factory out here in hollywood and i'm very grateful to be such um you know you guys are obviously much younger than i but we're living that axiom that uh Necessity is the mother of invention. I mean, a year ago, although Zoom was a thing, and although Wi-Fi and recording from home was certainly possible, and most of the people who I know that did, you know, network promos, um, coming up next on who's cooking the soup, you know, they, would do them, they could live wherever they wanted, and it would cost them a fraction of what it costs to live here in LA County and they could record from a lovely studio in Boulder or in Flint or in, you know, Harrisburg, wherever, um, or Ireland. But uh, most of the acting, I'm an actor. I'm not a promo guy. Um, my voice is pretty vanilla. My job is to change it and, and act, you know, in different dialects of characters, and whatever character that requires, I do it. But um, I prefer to be with other actors, and I do a lot of music, and so I, you know, it's I don't have a home set up for that. However, during this desperate time for the world, I I have been able to put together a, a really inexpensive home recording studio with a very decent plug-and-play USB mic, and I am recording air-ready pieces for Animaniacs, Pinky and the Brain, stuff for Disney, stuff for Nickelodeon, that has that I've seen on the air, that I recorded in January or, or February of this year and made it to air in December. And, and you, it's seamless. So that's a long-winded way of saying it's pretty remarkable, as desperately difficult as it is, is for so many people and you know the fact that folks are sick and dying um, from a much less important uh, circumstance for the world, but important for my able to make a living and doing stuff like this, being able to connect with wonderful folks. Um, literally in in an 8 or 9 hour different time zone with this beautiful Elena on the other side of the coin <laughs> how, how lucky am I? I i mean honestly i'm i'm stunned at not only the ability to connect with people and talk about really fun stuff like cartoons but i'm able to do my work it's um i miss being with the other actors cuz it's such a gas i mean i've done thousands of recording sessions but it's fantastic to be with the other talent cuz they all make me better. Um, but until we can get back to that, I, I honestly, I don't think it could it could be going any, any better. It's pretty
2: neat. And it's funny that you mentioned that as far as the home setups and stuff and didn't think about it as much in recent yeah. years. And the reason I say that is because, as you were saying that, I was thinking of Larry the Cable Guy as far yeah. as doing stuff for... The car series from home totally doing three that's right he would he built and in a cheaper version to do it out in the barn mm-hmm. he's like where part one i would have to fly out to la 10 12 hour sessions now it's i got the script i'm just going to walk out to the barn and precisely um and
3: you know my dear friends one of my dearest friends for 35 years is nancy cartwright who's bart simpson and nancy continues to go to the – and Dan Castellaneta and the local folks who live in Hollywood. But um, uh, uh, Harry Shearer has lived in New Orleans for years. Um, Hank Azari is in Manhattan. Um, I prefer to be in the studio. I just – I love the environment. I love being with the actors, the recording engineers, the writers. I just love that whole – I'm just a – I just like show business. I love being around creative people. But I have to say that now with the technology and the fact that it doesn't require a fifteen dollars or $20,000, $50,000 investment to make a world-class recording student, you don't need that anymore. Um, the technology with respect to plug-in USB mics, um, relatively, now I'm in you know a living room here and I've got a fan going in the background because it's actually, it's, Kind of our heater's gone out, so I'm waiting for that to be repaired. And it's actually cold in Uh but cold for us is, you know, 45 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. But um, uh, but you see my point, and yours is well well taken, Jonathan. Uh, it doesn't even require a fancy schmancy studio. If I can get into a uh, an area of my room or a closet and throw up a blanket. I'm telling you what, it actually works pretty well. So um, I I want to get back to doing it the old way because I just love that. But if, God forbid, it doesn't happen, then I can still make a living. Um, but what I really, honestly, the the, the thing that I, I'm really looking forward to, and, and it, it's kind of serendipitous that we have Elena with us, um, I, Maurice LaMarche and I, my friend the brain, and I were supposed to go to uh, a Dublin Comic Con in... March of this year, uh, and we canceled literally two days before the Irish government said we're canceling everything. Um, and it was a difficult choice for us, but it was the right call because had we gone and gotten there two days early as we'd planned on, we might have had trouble getting back for a while. Um, but uh, you know they're rescheduling things, and uh, I think I probably had 15 different in-person events canceled this year um and i miss those because as you can tell i was aptly cast as jacko i haven't shut up for half an hour but (laughs) I, i really 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 truly you guys um i love meeting folks i love seeing how deeply people connect with the joy these characters brings and bring and let's you know i don't draw them i don't write them i'm really good at my job but shit, I ought to be. I've been doing it for 40 years. Um, however, people really connect with the voice. Um, for It's like a song. Um, and it immediately transports people back to an, a gloriously wonderful time. And it might even have been last week and watching Animaniacs with their nephews or their children or Ninja Turtles with, you know, their grandfather. It's It's a remarkable thing that I'm, Privileged to do, um, and when I get to see it in person, it's um, it's something I just can't get enough of. So that's really what I'm looking forward to about COVID being, you know, kind of handled. Because I really, really want to get back on the road and meet people.
2: Well, that's pretty neat. Two things that I want to let Elena, because she's been so thrilled about this.
3: Great! <laughs> Thank you for lowering your standards,
2: Elena. <laughs> First off. I know you're very open with folks. Yeah.
1: What do you say? Let me in, okay?
2: Doing these personal appearances and everything else in the podcast and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. So how difficult was it for you to write your book? Oh. Um, but also, on the other side of that, did you realize you wanted to put your stories down because of which, congratulations, you beat throat cancer?
3: Thank you. Yeah, Um You know, this is that's a really great question, and I really, honestly, Jonathan, I so appreciate you bringing that up. Because as a result of your kindness uh, and having this show, we never know. um, Let me back up a little bit. It's the very best part about we're all in this together. It's the very best part of having a podcast, being able to discuss something that was a personal uh, struggle, but the outcome is fine. And because of the type of cancer I had, we never know when your kindness in offering me this opportunity is going to literally make a huge difference in someone else's life. It might even encourage them to say, you know, maybe I better get that looked at. I, I heard this guy, I don't even remember his name, Ron Pullman, I don't know, some guy who does funny cartoon voices. But I just loved listening to Jonathan and Elena and they had this guy who did cartoon voices, and I'll be damned, he got through throat cancer. I better get this checked out. It might have even saved their lives. Um, so that's really the best part of this whole thing that you're allowing me to do. Um, I had had many well meaning fans for decades, literally, saying, Oh my God, you know, you're the voice of my childhood, and um, you've done Ninja Turtles, Animaniacs, Pinky the Brain, Jimmy Neutron, Fairly Odd Parents, now Rick and Morty. The mask, the tick, um, you know, on and on and on. The Disney, uh, Darkwing Duck, uh, Goof Troop, you name it. Um, you should write a book. And while I certainly appreciated and accepted the the, the uh, context in which those compliments were given, I thought, Jesus, you know, I appreciate that. But as I said earlier, I don't draw them and I don't write them. It's not like being Brad Pitt. It's a it's a tangential type of celebrity, which I'm very grateful for. But people don't wait for the next Rob Paulson TV show to come out. It's not like that. And uh, I thought the last thing the world needs is another celebrity bio from a non celebrity. Um, I, I had a, a wonderful childhood. I haven't ended up in rehab yet. Um, you know, I've been married to the same woman for 30 years. I have a great kid, I have a wonderful career, but it's not, it's cool and I'm grateful, but it's not a great story. Um, But, once I had throat cancer, I thought, well now I got something, because I didn't have foot cancer, I didn't have hair cancer, I didn't go through heroin addiction like a zillion other people. I had throat cancer, and I wasn't ready to retire. I I knew that I could be cured, and I am. Uh, The treatment was really brutal, for obvious reasons, mouth, throat. It's tough, but I'm at, I'm back doing Animaniacs and Pinky in the Brain again with Steven Spielberg again for a larger audience, exponentially larger than the first go around 25 years ago, and nobody is any the wiser. That's the story. That's the story about a guy who is a a Hollywood. Well if you're working with Steven Spielberg, you're in a pretty, you know, so in that realm, I'm an A-lister. And the fact that nobody could tell that I had gone through throat cancer, that really is the story and worth writing a book about. Um, And so my friend Mike Fleeman, who really did all the heavy lifting and wrote the book, I just, you know, uh, uh, recounted a lifetime's worth of uh, wonderful stories and look, The cool thing about writing the book is that I really have had a remarkable career. I've kind of lost track of how many kick-ass things I've done, and I'm still doing. But the fact that I can do this again, and sing all these songs, and make Elena smile by saying, hello, nurse, look at that. That's the story, post-throat cancer. And so that's why I'm really grateful to have this opportunity. It, it's, uh, it, it doesn't get any better than to be able to do something and be paid well to do it. And it not only makes people laugh really, really hard, uh, but it, it gives them um, um, maybe even an inspirational story about getting through their own shit because nobody gets out of here without a couple of dings. And so I'm really grateful that you gave me the opportunity to talk about it.
2: Well, Elena... Uh, let's have a little fun here. Uh, yeah. I, I want to give Elena the floor because she was a huge, from what she told me, Pinky and a brain friend. So Excellent! Let Elena, yeah. go ahead. and.
0: I was also a huge Animaniacs fan and it, I really loved um, Yakko because like, he was just the intelligent <clears> one and then he got to play Pinky which is like the other Yes! Guy of the spe- yes! The I'm of the
3: stupid one!
0: <laughs> one. <laughs> that must have been a lot of fun. But um, yeah, as I said, and I touched on them before, it's literally my childhood. So I, <laughs> I'm yeah. a bit starstruck at the moment because I don't know how to articulate um, the feeling you can give to people like you try to explain. It just it makes people happy. It's yeah. like, oh, it's just it's so amazing. And I wish you guys came to Ireland with the cons, um, even though everything was you know restricted. Well, that would have been so cool. Mm-hmm.
3: We, and I'll tell you, Elena, um, Maurice and I have been already rebooked for Dublin. I think, I think um, they they tried to book it because it was supposed to be March of this year. I think that they tried to book it for March of 2021, but I don't know that everybody's going to be able to right. get together. And the calculus, of course, includes the organizers and the um, the producers of the con. It makes no sense for them to put it on if they can't get people yeah. in to pay for guys like me to come. So um, I think right now there's a tentative date of September, which uh, if all things hopefully going the way they are going, although the UK I know has now uncovered a new type of mutated strain, but all of that notwithstanding, um, let me tell you something kiddo, as soon as it's safe for everyone to go, we could not get there fast enough. I. honestly uh, we're so looking forward to coming um so thank you for saying that that's great
0: yeah i'll definitely be there 100 (laughs) percent. wonderful but um yeah just to touch on cartoons as well like i don't know about you but uh from my personal experience all the jokes in cartoons like they're really impacting me way more now as an adult than, than they did when i was a kid like everything went over my head but now in lockdown more so, I've actually taken the time to go back and, you know, just literally just immerse myself in these things that make you feel good because I think that's what everybody has to do in this. And, um, for example, like I did genuinely go back. before I even knew I was going to talk to you, I was watching Animaniacs and like episodes that like come to mind when you mentioned Steven Spielberg was, you know, when they're painting the Sistine Chapel.
3: Oh, we like uh, painting naked people. (laughs) Isn't that great?
0: That is one of my favorite bits yeah. at the end with his little hat and like the ceiling is literally a tribute to Steven Spielberg.
3: We don't like painting floors because they're beneath us.
0: <laughs> and uh, I mentioned Cher, for you to sing a Cher song because I remember Pinky loves Cher, so.
3: <laughs> oh God, I know. I just, oh, it's too. Let's see. Um, what's another one? Uh do you believe in love after love 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 after love i love it um pinky loves to sing and well i love to sing and you you touched on exactly what is the most glorious aspect of our work i mean i'm not the only one who is lucky enough to do this and whether it's maurice or tress or billy west or jess harnell or frank welker or nancy cartwright doesn't matter. We're in the happy business. And uh, to be able to connect with two lovely young folks like you, and by extension, all of your fans, um, it, it literally, when people find out who I am, and I do, I get recognized more now because of the nature of social media, and I do a lot of, you know, there are a little more clips of me around. And, and every single time, Elena, every time that someone Takes the time to say, "Excuse me, are you?" And I do, Yakko or Carl or Raphael or whatever. The it, it, they cannot help but smile. It's organic. It's instant. And sometimes they go like this. Sometimes <laughs> they get tearful. Sometimes they they need to take a picture or they. But there is no downside. And to be in a position, um, especially with 2020. Uh, where the the world has been had this giant pile of stinky nasty lemons dropped on it people like me get to make a giant vat of Acme lemonade in the water tower and and you know that animaniacs and pinky the brain right now is the number 1 show on Hulu and and that's a big deal 25 years later uh and, and the, the genius behind the original batch is evidenced by your very kind compliment. It was designed to appeal to people at different ages, just like Looney Tunes, A Rocking Bullwinkle, or shows that um, Rick and Morty, even. Rick and Morty's a little bit, you know, deeper, and it, and it goes, uh, it, it's not for everybody because it can get a little bit blue. But you could watch episodes of of Bugs Bunny at, as an eight year old now that are 50 years old now and watch them as a 25 year old, in which time they'll be 75 years old and you will still get jokes from 75 years ago. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, uh, Mr. Spielberg and Tom Ruger and the folks who created Animaniacs in the, in the first batch. That was the edict was to do precisely precisely what you just touched on was to not condescend to the audience and it turns out that that was a huge uh, piece of the of the uh, of the calculus in deciding to do it again because the fan base is exponentially larger. there are people who are literally eight or ten years old because they can watch. Animaniacs and Pinky in the Brain and Tiny Toons on Hulu right now, but there are people 10 years older than I, 15 years older than I, who love Animaniacs and Pinky in the Brain again because their kids in college and high school turned them on to the show 25 years ago. It's it's a ve- when you think about it in the context of 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 entertainment, it's very unusual to have this circumstance. And, and now we have all these new ways um, to consume entertainment. Hulu, Netflix, Amazon, Apple, CBS, you know, free, Pat, HBO Max, Disney Plus. Um, and in terms of all this new technology, Animaniacs is right up there in terms of, watch, of, of viewers, of, of numbers of people watching. We're up there with The Crown and Mandalorian. Um, and that is because of the legacy of the show of people to people your age. It's incredible to be part of this. I, honestly, there really has been no time in the entertainment business in which a guy like me uh, can get to do this again with my friends, all of whom are still working every day, and then the king of Hollywood says at, what, 72 or 73 years old? He says, hey, you guys want to do this again? <laughs> It's amazing, you guys. It's really something.
0: I just have to say that we don't have Hulu in Ireland. So mm. I am so sad that I oh, can not actually stream it properly. So I'm hoping someone will link me some sort of well, uh, I, system.
3: I, I, think, I think if you ask around, now I have fans in the UK, um, well, obviously Ireland, Wales, Scotland. I have fans who tell me that there are like... Uh, Oh I knew in Canada they have something called Teletoons that right. is airing the new stuff because they don't have Hulu either. So yeah. I believe that there is some hack or something that is a uh, a secondary streamer. Um, but I'll tell you what I will do, Elena. If I can find out, I'll I'll let Jonathan know and he'll pass that on because it's so good. Honestly, it really has turned out so well. Um, In fact, you'll dig this because you remember the Animaniacs theme song. Yes. Okay. Well, what's so great about the new show is that uh, the writers have written it, uh, the theme song, to immediately show the audience that we're, Yakko, Wakko, and Dot are self-aware, that we know this is a reboot. We know it's 25 years later. And so some of the lyrics have gone from, um, let's see, uh, I think... It's time for Animaniacs, Dada, let's see, Dot is smart and yak-o-yaks, let's see, oh. Meet, meet Prinky in the Brain who want to rule the universe, and then it goes something something, something, that rhymes with universe, then it goes, check this out, gender balanced, pronoun neutral and ethnically diverse. The trolls all say, we're so passe, but we did meta first. <laughs> love it. That's pretty goddamn clever. Right? Yes. The it's trolls I'll say we're so... We right? The trolls I'll say we're so passe, but we did matter first. We're animaniacs. That is really cool. And it, it was purposely done that way. So the first time you hear the new theme song, apart from the fact that when you hear the music, you go, oh my god, it's back! But then you hear the lyrics and you go, holy crap. These guys really get it. So, um, yeah, I think... At the risk of sounding a little arrogant, we got it. We got it right. But I didn't write it, and I didn't draw it. But I'm telling you, this is, um, um, don't bet against Mr. Spielberg, and, and write again, you know, here we are again. It's um, it's uh, it's doing really well, and I think it deserves to. Don't forget, though,
2: you're, you're important spoke at a wheel, though.
3: Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. I'd like I to did- think so, but thank you.
0: Just about to say that I was like, you may not have written it, but you certainly bring it to life.
3: Well, so, thank you, because the writers can't say, hello, Elena, and there you go. You got that big, beautiful, fabulous, you can see that smile from the space station.
0: I am going to take this clip and just, you know, save it for personal like, use on a ringtone or something.
3: That's <laughs> so great. I get people doing that all the time. That people, Another character that I did that folks just love is this... <clears throat> This little guy from Jimmy Neutron, boy genius named Carl. I I joined TikTok. I don't know a couple of months ago, and there were 150 million Carl TikToks that people did of my character. Honest to God, it's just mind blowing. And as I said, the only look at your beautiful face. You haven't stopped smiling, and I I don't even imagine how wonderful that makes me feel and in the context of the throat cancer stuff there it just all it does is is, is just it just conspires to make this a truly glorious silver lining to that whole thing you know so honestly I, honestly Elena and Jonathan I am the one who am, is so profoundly grateful that you guys were kind enough to talk to me it's just fantastic
0: well uh, have a question?
2: <laughs> yeah, go ahead.
0: No, but um, I want to know for the audition process for Pinky or Yakko or any of them. Was there anything specifically um, written in the script that you had to specifically do, or what did you bring to it yourself?
3: Oh, great question. Um, yeah, when we when the the original audition for this show uh, was a very long, arduous process. Um, all of us, Mr. Spielberg, Tom Ruger, the creator. Uh, Tress McNeil, uh, Maurice LaMarche, we'd all worked together on Tiny Toon Adventures, Um, which was, as you know, um, effectively younger Warner Brothers characters, uh, you know, in hilarious circumstances. So when Animaniac came along, that was, uh, in a literal sense, a clean sheet of paper. Brand new characters, um, brand new um, voices, original music. Um, and, uh, it turned out to be about a six-week audition process. Um, when you're an actor and you go in for the initial audition on anything, if you cut the mustard, oftentimes they want to see you again, and that's called a callback, right? Well, there were six callbacks for Animaniacs, um, primarily as a result of, uh, primarily due to the fact that Animaniacs was a variety show. Uh, Yakoaqua and dot were the stars, but there were good feathers, and buttons, pinky in the brain, uh, um, slappy squirrel, all these other secondary characters, uh, um, Rita and Runt, that would be brought back and um, and so they tried to see how you know could they could they have actors do dot as Tress McNeil did. Um, and could she also do another character? Or you know, could Maurice LaMarche be uh, the brain and do something else? He ended up doing one of the good feathers. So there was a lot of mixing and matching. Um, one of the clear uh, ideas from the beginning with the producers was that Groucho, as you said, he's the smartest one, and also the smart-assiest of the bunch, <laughs> which is part of his charm. Um, but Groucho Marx was a kind of a prototype, something, you know, um, hey, B- hey, Batman, does Dracula know he's that, hey, Batman, does Dracula know you're wearing his cape so badly, you know, the, the sort of things that Groucho Marx might have said. And that's something that I could relate to because I'm old enough to remember seeing Groucho Marx when he was very old on television and watching Marx Brothers comedy. And I get what Groucho's about. So I could, I could bring that to an audition.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Then they would say, okay, Grab, we, we think we've got this nailed down. What have you got for this secondary character, Pinky? And it turns out that my heroes growing up were the Pythons, um, the Goons, Peter Sellers, Mike, Spike Milligan, Michael Benteen, the two Ronnies, Jasper Carrot. Um, I, I just uh, love British humor. Um, and so it wasn't, an edict from Mr. Spielberg, but I threw that in for myself because I knew that I could be versatile. Um, So that's how that kind of came together. Um, But in the midst of that, other actors were found to have strong, bizarre talents. For instance, you may recall when Wacko, who is voiced by Jess Harnell, it's his birthday today, but um, when Wacko does a thing where he... uh, burps the Blue Danube, you know, blah, blah, da blah
0: blah, blah,
3: blah, blah, right? Well, it turns out that the guy who could do that is Maurice LaMarche. So my friend, the brain, who does a spot on impression of Orson Welles, yes. uh, which, right, it's perfect. And it's worked out really well. But he was also the voice of um, Bobby in Good, Good Feathers and did all the burping for wacko. So the producer's going, oh my God, we're going to throw these burps in that Maurice LaMarche can do. And, and it turns out that those are things that people want to see when they meet Jess Harnell. And Jess says, not me, but Maurice is two tables down, ask him. So yeah, all that stuff kind of was the, the, uh, what drove these crazy, long, arduous um, auditions But had they not done that, they wouldn't have known, you know, the skills that everybody else can do. Um, uh, Nancy Cartwright was um, Mindy, and basically all she had to say, okay, I love you, (laughs) bye-bye. Right? Um, And Bernadette Peters, the gloriously gifted Bernadette Peters, was uh, Rita. And uh, Frank Welker was Runt. So you'd have these two, you know, a cat and a dog. And, God, getting to watch and sing with... Bernadette Peters is just the best. Um, so yeah, it turned out to be a really fabulous experiment, uh, which resulted in a, a pretty remarkable reboot 25 years later. And arguably, people like Pinky and the Brain as much as I like Animaniacs, and vice versa. It's pretty neat.
0: Of, you brought up singing yourself. I literally just wanted to ask one more thing before we go on to. Sure. The, but um, Yako sings a lot of songs.
3: Like, yes. How,
0: How many times did you have to do that, you know, especially the country capitals?
3: Um, Well, the truth is that the countries of the world, Yakko's world, that, you know, United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama, Haiti, Jamaica, Peru. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, I got to tell you, that little two and a half minute cartoon really has resulted in being um, or has become, I think, pretty much inarguably a seminal piece of iconic American in art. Um, it's beautifully, the song is remarkable, period, end of story. Um, the way it was animated, the cleverness of it, it's pretty cool. And the only dialogue is the music, with the exception of the, the announcer saying, and now the nations of the world, brought to you by Yako Warner, that's it. Um, and then it's all music. Um, but <clears throat> uh, we did that in one take, um, awesome. I recorded two, but the one you grew up watching was the first one. Uh, we did a second take, and the producers, I remember them behind the glass we got done. Crete, <speaking> Mauritania, then Pennsylvania, Monaco, Licherton, Malta, and Palestine, Fiji, Australia, Sudan. Silence. And everybody looked at each other and said, Wow, I think we got it. You, you want to do it again? I said, Yeah, let's do it again. I'll. I'll I'll harmonize with myself. Try that. So I did, and it was kind of like, eh, you know what? We liked it better the first time. And then we were done. So it sounds impressive, um, but really, the truth is, what is impressive about that whole thing is the song. Um, I, I'm good at my job, and I read music, and I had a week to rehearse it. I had the music in front of me. But honest to God, you guys, um, I live in Hollywood. If you go to London, if you go to Hollywood, probably if you go to Dublin or if you go to New York, you can throw a dart and hit a good singer. What you can't do is throw a dart and hit somebody who can write that stuff. Um, The real story behind how magical that little bit of animation is, is the following. Um, Randy Rogel, who wrote that, The States and the Capitals, he wrote It's a great big universe and we're all really puny. Let's see, we're all tiny little specks about the size of Mickey Rooney. He wrote so many of those songs that everybody loves from Animaniacs and he's writing new ones now. But Randy was already writing uh, dramatic stuff uh, for Batman, the animated series for which he won an Emmy. When he heard about Animaniacs being produced across the hall, uh, his background is musical comedy and writing music. And he started banging on that door and saying, oh, God, you guys got to hire me for, for this, whatever this Animaniacs thing is. And they thought, nah, you know, look, you just won an Emmy for Batman. Do more of that. We'll pay you. <laughs> You're doing great. He said, yeah, 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 I know. I know. I, I'm, I can do that, but I can also write music, and I'm really good at it. Look, just go ahead. We got people. We're, we're, we're you know, We're hiring a staff. Maybe we'll talk to you down the road, but... We need you to write here. So he didn't give up. Okay. His audition piece. When they finally said, all right, kid, what have you got in your back pocket? We want original music. That was his audition piece. Yakko's World was what he said. Okay, how about this? Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama And they just said, holy shit, you're right. You really are good. So it was the first song he wrote for Animaniacs. It was the first song I recorded. And now it has become an iconic piece of animation. And every time I sing that song, whether Randy and I do it with a full orchestra or or I do it uh, with no music at Dublin Comic Con or we do it with a piano, people lose their minds because it's a brilliant song and you don't even have to know Animaniacs. Once I start getting into it, people are just, oh my God, that guy's how does he do that but that is a pretty remarkable song and the story about how it came to be shows you how incredibly gifted people are out here and you've never heard of them but that guy had that and that's what he used to get the job Uh, it's remarkable um and i'll tell you what before we go yeah no kidding jonathan i love telling that story but check this out because it's um hang on let me have my tea my my pg tips Um, Randy, because he had a, you know, 15 minutes on a Tuesday, wrote an extra stanza to augment Yakko's world to include many company uh, rather countries that have sprung up since that song was written. So check this out. <clears throat> Montenegro and Bosnia, Herzegovina, the Soviet Union is gone. South Africa, Georgia, Moldovia, Latvia, Belarus, Azerbaijan, Uzbekistan, hey, Kazakhstan, hey. Then there's Tajikistan, too. Hey, hey, Turkmenistan, hey, Kurdistan, Armenia, Palau, Lithuania, Serbia, Kosovo, U.S., Samoa, the Balkans, Brunei, Macau, and Crimea, then Eritrea, Ukraine, and Estonia, here's Macedonia, New Caledonia, Eastern Slavonia, Ivory Coast, and Cape Verde, Andorra, the Solomon Islands, Dubai. How about that?
0: Isn't that something? Here's your
3: Oscar. <laughs> oh, thank you, sweetie. Thank you. From your lips to God's checkbook. I appreciate that. Thank you.
0: Go ahead. Oh, Jonathan just got up. But um, this is so amazing getting to talk to you. I, I actually, personally, uh, my dream is to be an actress. So oh, honey. Well, getting to talk to you is just so amazing.
3: Don't stop. Look, at, um, I can tell you categorically that... The people whom you may enjoy, myself, Nancy Cartwright, Tress McNeil, all of us are driven by the same desire to do it just for its own sake, Elena.
0: Um,
3: We've all been rich and we've all been poor. Rich is better, no question. But, and I know I'm preaching to the choir because you guys are are creators and you you, you like to share your talent. the the jones the excitement to do this is driven by your response and and how it makes me feel i earn money because i want to do more of that not just because i want to earn money i I, i'm no good at earning money if i'm not enjoying what i'm doing Um, and so i can categorically tell you that whether you earn a dime is not so much the issue as the reason you want to do it. And the reason you want to do it is because you can't not do it, right? I, and, and we are so in this together, my friend. I, I am 64 years old. I, I feel the same exact way chemically when I, when I do this, that I did when I was creating stuff just for doing it when I was 10. I promise you, um, it is not any different. Um, and the uh, the joy and the excitement you see from this gray-haired old guy on the other side of the, of the pond, or the other side of the country in Jonathan's case, is utterly authentic, Elena, 100%. This is how I am, and this is how... Jeff Bennett is. This is how Billy West is. This is how Tress McNeil is. This is how Tara Strong is. We know how lucky we are to make a living. But even if we were working as an accountant, and played in a band at the pub on weekends, or did community theater, or created stuff, content online, found animators in South Africa, and actors in Norway, and writers in Los Angeles, and put it all together, and put it on YouTube, that is we would be doing the same thing so the ethos behind why we all do this is no different from a Hollywood guy who's been here for 40 years and works with Steven Spielberg to uh, a 12 year old in Latvia finding a way to create Um, and and the opportunity that you guys give me to share that is really important because it's important for people to hear that this guy who's they've, been grown, they've grown up listening to, oh my God, I know who Rob Paulson is. This guy's been in Hollywood forever. I want to do that. Turns out he'd be doing the same thing I'd be, I'm doing in Latvia if he lived here too. It's important for people to know that, that the, the money is great, but it doesn't come unless I'm able to create. So that is all to say thank you guys for what you're doing. And you guys are inspiring a new generation and you're allowing the old guys to let everybody know that it's no different. And so that's a very
2: important message. Thank you. I want to bring up about, you've been talking about generational things and from the first go round to the second. Yeah. Now and everything. I know you did Raphael in starting in 87. Yeah. This new show come out in 2012, mm-hmm. a different character. What about the franchise? really seems to last wow. for such a long time
3: Un boy you know what honest to God Jonathan if I had that answer you and I would be chatting on my private island. Uh, it's just remarkable isn't it uh, I have um, one of my dear friends is Kevin Eastman who's one of the creators. I didn't know I don't know Peter very well I've only met him once or twice Kevin I know very well and every year at Comic-Con or wherever we happen to see each other, the question comes up, Jesus Christ, Kevin, did you ever think, dot, 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 I, I'm, I, a couple of guys from, you know, a couple of down Easters from up the road, you know, in, the, in Maine, New Hampshire, drinking bong water, <laughs> and um, having their wonderful relatives pony up so they could, you know, put their 1,000 copies of their comic book out. And now, it's responsible for, I mean, endless impossible amounts of joy, multi-generational joy, but also $6 billion in merchandise. Billion! Uh, And, I don't know, half a dozen television iterations, um, eight or nine feature... Yeah, eight or nine giant movies. Um, I'll tell you, I think it, it... Well, it personally was, of course, kind of odd and weird and interesting, but it, like a lot of uh, well-known franchises, um, it, it just seems to get people at the right time, and it's just quirky enough that it allows children primarily to connect with it, but because it connected with so many kids, it connected with you know, two or three uh, children in the same household. And, and now, the ch- often the children whom it connected with, my son's now 36. So when I go to meet people who are 30 to 40, or even 28 to 45 maybe, and they'll say, oh my God, Ninja Turtles. That was such a big deal to me. And now my kids... Love the version you did at Nickelodeon where you were Donatello. That connected with them. And by God, I liked it too. And so I dug out all my old turtle toys. And we watched VHS copies of the original show. And people say, oh my God, Raphael is Donatello. That's really cool. And so the amount of joy is created multi-generationally is impossible to calculate. But here's what's really the the, the cool thing, you guys, is... um, Often, often, I will meet people who will say to me, uh, I I, I hear the other people in line telling you how how much Turtles has meant to them, and it brought them so much joy, uh, and it made their childhoods, you know, extra special. Well, Mr. Paulson, let me tell you something. I am now uh, 38, but I, from the time I was six months old, I was in the foster care system. And I never knew my birth parents, but I had four different families who loved me. And uh, when, you know, my first family at six months old, they, were, they adopted me when, I was a little bit, when they were a little bit older. As they started to not be able to take care of me, I was moved into another family. I went to four different families from the time I was six months old to eighteen. And then my last family made it possible for me to go to college. But, but Mr. Paulson, but for Ninja Turtles, my childhood would have been a frickin' mess. So, as much as I appreciate all the other folks and understand the joy that this show brought to them, this was the only joy I had uh, outside of the fact that people took me in. But at six years old or six months old, and I and all of a sudden I get the call that I'm going to another family? As long as there was a television, I had Rafael Donatello, Michelangelo, Leonardo. And that is something that I didn't realize the importance of until I got a bit older. I'm fine. I still haven't met my birth parents. Doesn't matter. This is my wife. These are my two kids. And we're all wearing our Ninja Turtle t-shirts. And you will never know what that show meant to me specifically and my wife knows my story so when I heard that Raphael was gonna be two states away we had to drive here to let you know that Jesus Christ how on earth do I wrap my grateful brain around that you guys and that happens all the time whether it's Mr. Paulson this is a picture of my my older brother, he just died of pancreatic cancer, but you'll notice he's wearing his Ninja Turtle t-shirt because every day, day, uh, he, he, you know, once a week he had chemotherapy and he lived an extra four years. But every time that he had his chemotherapy, he sent everybody in the family a Ninja Turtles t-shirt and we'd all wear it every day that he had his chemo. Sometimes a you know, sister would have to wear it under her dress or my brother-in-law would wear it under his suit at work. But I just let, need you to know, the story's not sad. He knew he was going to go, and he left early. But Ninja Turtles got him an extra couple of years. That's what they say. Uh, and that happens all the time, you guys. That's the story. I'm telling you, it's way bigger than a paycheck. It's way bigger than an action figure. And I I don't know. but. The, the reason I'm grateful that you give me a lot of time to ramble is because those are important stories. And there are going to be, I guarantee you, people who watch this great opportunity you're giving me who will say, holy shit, that's my story. Or my parents had an acrimonious divorce and, and my brother and I hung on to each other. Or my sister and I hung on to each other watching Jimmy Neutron while my parents were screaming and we finally got through it. And I promised myself I would never put my kids through that. I mean, th- who knew? And, and so I'm so lucky to be able to have lived, to be able to see this and hear these stories. It's, uh, it's impossible to quantify in terms of how beautiful it is, but it's pretty neat. Huh? Yeah. Yeah.
2: And you bring up the VHS as well, two things, <laughs> Yeah. first of all, you mentioned about the toys and everything. I grew up in that first generation because I'm 30 yeah. as well. Of course, now I hear about it from my nephew all the time. Of course. Who's a year and a half. Oh, <laughs> yeah. wait, till you, wait till you can give him the toys and such. And as far as the VHS thing, on a lighter note, with some of those stories, which are amazing. Yeah. And you would probably be aware of this, but I don't think you were involved with it. I had cleaning up some stuff recently. Mm-hmm. And I still have a lot of VHS stuff i have a vhs tape of the turtles but a live action concert they did
0: in oh,
2: the late 80s
3: yeah in fact uh one of us the only one cam clark who did leonardo did some voice work for the leo in that thing um yeah i know in fact uh i think my wife might have taken my son ash to see the turtles coming out of their shells tour, or whatever That's it is, what it
0: right?
2: Was.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, down because I think she took him to see Barney at the forum, and you know they had a live Barney thing too. And she came back, and uh, you know I I never dressed up in a turtle costume, but um, my kid did for about five straight Halloweens. And I'll tell you what, I was the hit of my son's career day for about. You know, five years where they say, you know, bring your parents to work and, and we, the kids, we talk about, so it'd be like, okay, okay, uh, the first, uh, first dad up, uh, this is Elena's dad, and Elena's dad is, uh, uh, a barrister. He's an attorney. Okay. Okay, this is Jonathan's dad, and he is a mortgage banker, and he's gonna talk about how he allows mom and dads to buy a house. Okay. Okay, this is Ash Paulson's dad, and he's the voice of Raphael. Ah! Oh, my God. The kids would go insane. And, of course, the parents would look at me like, you asshole. <laughs> I, I, I can't compete with that. I'm a, I make a million bucks a year being a, a podiatrist. But these kids don't want to hear about how I fix their feet. They want to talk to a turtle. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. But that coming that's the thing, is that it was an unabashed merchandising juggernaut, for sure. But what's so great is to see how it's kind of settled down now, and I get to meet people your age, and they tell me, I mean, it's enough just to hear how wonderful Ninja Turtles, you know, that whole experience was to them, and now they can share it with their children. That alone is the, the thing that any performer wants to know, is that you have a legacy that is, that is going to stick around long after you're gone, and I do. But then, when you get to hear how people, you know, that the only thing that was joyful for five or six years between the time they were, you know, four and eleven, was Ninja Freaking Turtles. Jesus Christ! How on earth do do we get to say thank you enough for that? And I'm telling you, people say it through tears. Maurice and Marsh and I, Maurice and I, have had more than one experience where being bent together, um, this is one that was so profound. We were in a, uh, a convention in Dallas a couple years ago, and there was a, you know, nice long line, and I noticed a guy in my line, Maurice and I sit right next to each other, and often people stand in my line, and then they go to the brains, you know. Um, but there was this guy in my line who's was about 6'2", 2, two and a quarter, 240. I don't know how many stone that is, but it's big. <laughs> um, and long hair, tatted out. He looked like a biker. So he makes it up to me. And I said, hey, God, you're the big one, aren't you, NARF? And he started to get tearful. And he said, oh, my God, Mr. Paulson, I'm so sorry. Man, I don't know. I I didn't expect this. I don't know what would happen. And I said, no, God, my friend, it's okay. And I was shaking his hand. I'm so sorry. I hope, no, no, it's not a bad thing. I just didn't, wow. Well, it turns out the guy had done three tours of duty in Afghanistan. and He was a Marine. He was an ex-Marine. And he drove across the state to tell Maurice and I how much Pinky and the Brain meant to him, because he took the DVDs with him when he was on, uh, you know, on, on, on his tours of duty. And his job, when he would go on patrol for two or three days, was to kill bad people. And his job, part of the other job, was not to be killed. And then he would come back and have a couple of beers and relax for a few days before going out to do it again at 27 years old, right? But he just had to tell Maurice and me how important Pinky and the brain was to him. Uh, There's another thing. How would I have known that? Uh, And I know what happened with The Simpsons or with Ninja Turtles or with Looney Tunes or whatever, right? Uh, I can't even... This is what happens. I haven't shut up for an hour, but this is where I become speechless because I, you see my point. It is not just about uh, the money. It's about the opportunity to share joy that all of us can do. It may be as simple as the opportunity to share joy with somebody who's watching or listening to your podcast or doing it for a child on the phone, if you do a really great Mickey Mouse. It doesn't matter it's available to all of us and so ultimately you guys again are giving me this bully pulpit from which to share these impossible stories of joy that most people would say ah that guy does goofy cartoon shows let me tell you about that goofy cartoon show and that young man who lost his mother to breast cancer but Ninja Turtles reminds him of her because she insisted that he watch Ninja Turtles while she was going through her chemotherapy because that's what made him happy. And I hear that all the time. So, man, I'm Merry Christmas to me. You guys and, have given me a, a wonderful gift of being able to talk about
2: it, and right, let's just forget, before. And let's not forget, and yes, it's the important thing, the other stories as well that you mentioned, such as the guy who was in the service, or yeah. the family that supported the brother with the pancreatic. and you know, that's what it's about these all these different stories the joy it is but my final question for you is I want to go back to the book voice Lesson. yeah thank you normally you read other people's stuff scripts and stuff and bring life to those characters as Elena said but how was it for you on the audiobook side of things reading your own stuff boy
3: that is a great question Jonathan Um, I have to tell you, it took about, I think about seven and a half hours to record. Uh, My son wrote and recorded uh, the foreword, because as you can imagine, it's some interesting uh, experiences, his context about what it was like having your old man be Raphael and Pinky and Yakko and all that stuff. Uh, it was an interesting thing, and I, I insisted that he, if he wanted to, and he was very, he gratefully took it on, did a great job, and he also recorded the audio book version. But yeah, there were, I don't know, I would say a half dozen moments um, where I, in the studio, um, I had asked the recording engineer, can we go back and just give me a minute here? Uh, because it, 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 it was quite emotional, to go back and and um, you know it was about a year and a half or two years yeah about two years after the fact when I'd finally gotten myself together that I lost 50 pounds in the treatment I you know I couldn't uh, speak for a while uh, I, I my uh, I still don't taste food like I used to uh, I don't really taste it much at all but um, it took me a while to get my shit together so I could do it um but I had to stop myself a couple of times to remind me re- to to take stock of how incredibly fortunate I was to have you know my wife my son my daughter in law all these people who were there to help me through it uh like hopefully all of us have uh but uh but also to understand uh how much help I got from fans uh who, once they knew what I had gone through, I didn't tell them when I was going through I didn't need to, I didn't get on Facebook and say, pray for me, everybody's got their shit. Nobody needed to help me out. I was a great world-class healthcare and a world-class family. But once I got done, it was important for people to know, because sooner or later they'd find out anyway, and and I could do this, I could be helpful. So while I was doing that, it really, it really got my attention. I had a couple of times where I had to take a breath and, and take a few minutes to, to uh, gather my thoughts. But there, were, there are moments in the audiobook when you can hear me getting a little bit uh, emotional, and they were important to leave in, because it was appropriate for the parts of the book that I was reading. And I, uh, here's something kind of cool, or weird, when I got a book deal. Uh, I got a call from the publisher saying, hey, here's who's going to do the audiobook. They're auditioning people to do your book. Do you uh, Would you want to do it? And I thought, well, are you kidding me? I'm a voice guy. I mean, these characters make an appearance. Wouldn't it make sense that I do it? Well, we just thought maybe you'd want to record the character parts. Hell no, man. I'm... I had cancer. I want to read I want to talk about this. Who better? This is my story. Yeah, it was. Now, it turns out, and I understand that there are people who go through this and they would prefer if there's going to be an audio book that somebody else does it because they're you know, they're not comfortable reading it or recounting it. But in my case, I that was what I was looking for. And I arguably I think that's what people enjoy more about my book. It's not a New York Times bestseller, but people enjoy it. And it's an effective book because of the way it was written by Mike Fleeman. But to the extent that I start to get emotional, understandably, because it wasn't that long after I, I had gone through it, it's important, it's effective, it's dramatic, you know? Cancer is dramatic um, for everyone. So to the extent that my story is helpful and entertaining, but mostly effective, in maybe helping other people get through their shit. It's imperative that that was kept in. To the extent that it kept me from going on, because I needed a moment, that happened too. Yeah, that was tough, and it's a very good question. And um, I wasn't immune to my own emotions. And I don't want to be, you know? That's why you see me getting passionate on this end. I don't want to be. This is important. We all can help. It's not just about being famous, it's about, finding a way to help all of us through whatever it is. We are literally now all in this together. COVID, economically, the the racial stuff that's been spurred on by all the craziness, the madness of our King George. Holy shit, you know, we have got so much going on that the world is connected by because of what happens in our country politically. It connects everyone. And, and with respect to COVID, all that. So shame on us if we don't try to do helpful, good stuff, too. Because there's so much crazy shit that connects us. Then then we have to use the opportunities to, you know, give a thumbs up and help each other. And so that's my, my re- recurring uh, chant, is that I'm so grateful for this opportunity. So you guys and- are rock stars yeah
2: and it, you know it's funny because you say about helping everybody else I glanced at my phone a couple of times answering because there's a couple of things coming down the pipeline to try to help some folks if good the after the new year that Elena don't even know about yet but we'll <laughs> fill her in
0: surprise
2: so surprise yeah, yeah. hey surprise you have got herpes
3: ah <laughs> just kidding sorry it's a yakko joke well, I'll tell you if, what, you guys get free, you get free tickets to the water tower for the rest of your life, Elena, uh, unless, of course, you're arrested, getting on the lot, in which case you're on your own. But don't worry, there are a lot of lawyers in Burbank, everybody gets divorced, everybody's got a lawyer, no problem.
0: <laughs> I just feel like he should just be let loose in a hospital and thanking all the nurses. <laughs> hey,
3: let me tell you something, when I was, yeah, I'll say hello, nurses, when I was going through my chemo, um, people found out pretty quickly what I did and who I was, and, what was so cool is one day uh, uh, Maurice LaMarche came up. He's, he's like a brother to me and sat with me while I was getting my chemo. And once all the doctors and the nurses and the uh, other patients found out that pinky and the brain were there, oh, my God. It was spectacular. Um, there were even a couple of patients who were having palliative care That is, everybody was keeping them comfortable because they had gone about as far as they could go. But God bless them, they were still walking around. And they came over and thanked us for making them laugh. Thanked us. The thanks really is the privilege of making people laugh. I am in a very privileged position. And when someone says, hey, would you dot, 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 it would really make my kid happy or my wife is really struggling with blah, blah, blah. That's a privilege, man. I've worked really hard for this privilege. So yeah, anytime I can literally say, hello, nurse. I didn't have one nurse take a swing at me. Every one of them loved it.
0: Well, I just want to say that you're so inspiring, Rob. Thank you, sweetie. I really, really love your genuine um, gratitude because I believe in the universe and I believe everything happens for a reason. And because you are so grateful for all your... Um, achievements. So I think that's why you're actually getting where you are, and just you give it back to people. So I am in awe of you, and it's been an absolute privilege getting to talk to you.
3: Well, and it's my great pleasure, and I insist, when we're back in, in Ireland, I'm going to give you the biggest... I'll keep my hands <laughs> to myself, but I'm still going to hug you. Can't help it. Oh,
0: oh
2: boy. I'm, that. I'm leaving that one alone
3: but <laughs> <laughs> good night everybody yeah. yeah
2: don't forget to try to veal and tip your waitress
3: that that's right good that's right. if you're good, if you're drinking please don't drive and if you're driving use a car good night everybody yeah buddy well thank pretty you jonathan both but, uh, of you uh, re- i'm so grateful for the opportunity and and uh it's really a pleasure thank you so much and you. happy
2: holidays to you
3: thank you and you Not all football helmets are created equal, Zenith.
1: WOW! Thinking your day is bad and really looking to make it worse? Why not try downloading this new classic set of music that will be dropping so far off the charts there's bound to be injuries. <coughs> now that's what I call depressing. Is gonna make those who are even close to having the slightest glimmer of hope want to jump off the highest of planks. For those that are getting, now that's what I call depressing, you'll be getting that song that reminds you of that relationship with those cougars. Wrinkled Ladies. For those who weren't really into cougars, but those who had that special friend whilst in Sailblock 2B, we got for you this clusterfuck that will put you in therapy for years to come. With cheeks wide open
0: <laughs>
1: Who the fuck writes this shit? Oh hell, we're still recording this commercial Always with you, it cannot be done Those that rather have it out than in This loaded hit will be dropping soon Farthing in the USA For those who place their order By calling Or ordering online The next hundred folks will receive their choice of either a noose of good quality that won't snap, an installation of a new outlet next to your bathtub so you can now blow dry your hair in the full tub, or the choice of the right gang to just beat the fuck out of you. Call us today at 1-800-FUCK-THIS. Ah.
3: Ah. Ah. ah Hi, this is Carl Weiser. Ordinarily my mom doesn't let me listen to the radio, but in this case she
0: makes a deception. You're listening to Crazy Train Radio. <laughs>
3: This is Rob Paulson, and you are listening to Crazy Train Radio.